Welcome to the Agent Hipster Rewatch. I am Bob Serrano. Today, we are revisiting one of Jackie Chan's all-time classic movies, where we ask, can drinking be the foundation of a martial arts style? This week, we watched The Legend of Drunken Master. First up is co-host Toby Crines. How are you doing today? Bob, I can answer that question. Can drinking be the foundation of a martial arts style? I can answer it unequivocally. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you you were so, how, how should I say? Well, we all got confused. And you ended up watching the original Drunken Master first. And then the I, legend yeah. of Drunken exactly. Master second. And, and, and I'm glad I did because I feel like if I hadn't done that, I would have missed a lot of the jokes in the second one. Right. Right, exactly. Because there's so much there. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of jokes about like the flute player and like mm-hmm. all the different like the eight got like eight immortals, which is part of the Taoist like uh, drunken yep. boxing boxing philosophy and stuff that they really don't get get into in the second no. one. That they really get into with like Beggar So and you know like during his old whole training out there. Yeah, you know. So no, I get it. It's definitely a different type of movie for sure, and I think. I would love a little bit later into this uh, podcast that we can kind of talk about that because you just got you just kind of crammed both of those in the last couple of days. So love to hear what you your thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, h- high level loved them both, you know, <laughs> for different reasons. And all right, and then joining us from the Persuade You podcast, Stephen Morris. How are you doing, Stephen? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Stephen. Have you also seen the first Drunken Master? I have. I watched it literally about an hour before we started recording. Oh, holy cow. Well, maybe then... Uh... I know. I'm like all super fresh. Yeah. This pretty much sums up the first one. Uh... That's called Hungry Dog Eat Shit. Huh? <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> and that's like just right up uh, Toby's alley in terms of <laughs> comedy. I was like, ah! He got him again! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The jokes were definitely right on par with that. Right. Uh, what was that first? I watched only about like half of it. What was that f- one joke where they're they're fighting and his friend? So it was in the beginning. It was I think it was his cousin actually. The, the woman, the like the woman fight, and uh-huh. he like tries to. I don't know if you have the soundboard, I but here, here, here's uh. So like the it's his cousin or whatever fights, and then he reference he talks about how the fight went. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a clip from that first fight with uh, his cousin or whatever. Wow, the old bitch is tough. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's his so aunt. Good. Yeah, he keeps on calling his aunt a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and his friends are like, "I'm going." What I thought was funny was his friends were talking about. I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to do that to your sister." You yeah. Know? Well, here, here, here's another clip from there. I was talking about the chick. Oh, what a body! And just look at that skin. She's sexy. <laughs> classy <laughs> i think there's some of these movies you, usually i really like subtitles only i don't really like dubbing but i have to say for some of these movies you just have to go with the dub oh it's original. so good yeah. <laughs> we were talking uh was it uh the you know the last one we did where the subtitles were slightly different from the the dubbing and it was yeah. really interesting to watch it that way too <laughs> oh man that's awesome all right well let's get into the legend of drunken master and so just a disclaimer before we get into it, where it's all over the place today. We're talking about 1994, 2000, 1978. Got a lot of stuff going on, so please kind of follow along. So The Legend of Drunken Master, or Drunken Master 2, was originally released on February 10th, 1994, primarily in Asia. And it was re-released in October 20th, 2000 in the U.S. The tagline was, don't cross his path when he's drunk. Toby, rate it. 
you definitely do not want to cross this man's path when he's drunk. Like, let's just say that in either movie. Right. You could be his cousin or his aunt or somebody is bad. And and beware if you have uh, cousins and cousins' friends throwing you bottles of liquor, throwing him bottles of liquor. Makes it that much more difficult. (laughs) Who was he drinking in the, the, the. you know the legend of drunk man. What was he drinking at the end there? Was that like just hard grain alcohol? Like, <laughs> I think so. I think it was like industrial alcohol. Right. And it's just, it's awesome. just it's just unleaded. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It had a budget of ten million dollars opening weekend. So this is for uh, in America uh, in the year two thousand when it's re released in the, in the U.S. It opened at three point eight million dollars. It made about eleven point five million dollars in the U.S. worldwide. Its first release was around $34.31 million, and that was all in Asia. It made another $11.5 million, $11. million in the U.S., so it was a success. It was directed by Chia Lang Lu, and Jackie Chan is uncredited. Written by Edward Tang, uh, Man Ming Tong. Star, the top-built stars are Jackie Chan, Ho Sung uh, Park, Ho Sung Pak, I mean, I'm sorry. Lung T, and there's a whole bunch of other. There's like an Anita Mui. There was also, oh man, there's Andy Lau that makes a makes an appearance on the train there. He ends up becoming a really big Hong Kong star as well. So in the year 2000, domestic box office for the year 2000. Number one, How the Grinch Sold Christmas. Mission Impossible 2 is number two, followed by Gladiator, The Perfect Storm, Meet the Parents, X-Men, Scary Movie, What Lies Beneath, Dinosaur, and Aaron Brockovich. I don't remember Dinosaur. Is that... <laughs> don't worry. I got you guys. Really? So what, Dino- what was Dinosaur? Oh, man. God, I'm so... Okay, so Dinosaur was like Disney's, I feel like, their first like uh, jump into like real CGI. It was like this story about a bunch of dinosaurs, and it was just... There was no... Oh, there was talking in it. Oh, man. I'm remembering all of this. But yeah, it was a CGI... Completely CGI'd stuff. Oh man, I have to look this up because dude, they 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 uh, advertise it so heavily. It was it was in everything from like McDonald's to like it was everywhere. And I know like this is this is two thousand, but like uh, before this, Disney was doing like hand drawn stuff. You have um, also they would uh, later, and I'm I'm not sure if they had acquired Pixar by this time, but all of that like you know you had the Lion King we were talking about with mm-hmm. 1994. But like imagine like that, but like completely CGI to be real-ish looking. The downside to dinosaur, it hasn't aged very well because the CGI looks terrible. But also all the dinosaurs should have feathers. So is that yeah. the current the current uh, logic on dinosaurs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they all most of them had feathers. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Especially like the raptors. Yeah, raptors. And stuff. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're learning a, a whole bunch of stuff today. Unfortunately, I just, I just watched a new episode of Dinosaur Train. No feathers. Oh man, you should you should write uh, NPR right now and just be like, I'm tired <laughs> of this bullshit. <laughs> just feed me lies. You lie. Yeah. I mean, even even uh, like Jurassic Park, like uh, they've already come out and been like, yeah, we know they all have feathers, but uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna not because it's what audiences are familiar with. And to right. change it now would be dumb. Yeah, it's like the, they shave them. They go out to the Velociraptors and shave them in Jurassic Park. So, right. <laughs> it's a new scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the deleted. Uh, All right, Drunken Master was 139th in the U.S. in the year 2000. 
ahead of it was Michael Jordan to the max. Which, oh, so such I, a great movie. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's not Michael. Jackson. I haven't seen it either. But yeah, above two. <laughs> uh, the yeah, Academy Awards this year was the year of Gladiator, winning Best Picture, Best Actor. So back when I worked in politics in the year uh, 2000, I think I did work in it in 2000. So I worked in politics in 2000, but I think, uh, so I worked for the state rep in Illinois, <laughs> Bob's pretty familiar with. Um, and he, we always joked that he wanted to be the guy on Gladiator. Um, you know, he could. that's how he saw himself. He saw himself he, as uh, Russell Crowe. Right, yeah, what's or his Maximus. name? Marcus Aurelius or Maximus? Yeah, yeah, we always like he thinks he's Maximus. <laughs> he truly believes it. <laughs> was he standing in the middle of his like war room going, Are you not entertained? That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. What's so funny? <laughs> <laughs> Why the cavalier attitude? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue on. In 1994, which was the original release date in the US, the domestic box office was was the number one was the lion king followed by forrest gump true lies the santa claus the flintstones clear and present danger speed the mask mrs dotfire and interview with the vampire the vampire chronicles i wanted to also give uh mention some songs from 1994 uh, buddy holly by weezer Ooh. um lisa loeb stay remember that uh we have um regulate by warren g Black Hole Sun, a bunch of Green Day songs from, uh, uh, was it Dookie, When I Come Around, Basket Case, etc. Um, Come Out and Play by The Offspring, uh, Madonna's Secret, maybe you remember that. I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. I mean, this was just a great year yeah. for... Uh, I'll make love you know, to you, but... Yeah. All across. I Swear by All for One. God, uh-huh. you're so good at this. Please, uh, please sing me more. <laughs> I Alone by Live. Uh, I Stay Away by Allison Chains. I mean, this list, this is a long list of great songs. Wild Night by John Mellencamp. You know, whatever your flavor is. We got Fantastic Voyage by Coolio. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out. Wait, did he lose the cougar? Was was he was he John Mellencamp now? Or was it John Cougar Mellencamp? Oh. When did he lose it? <laughs> That's a great question. You guys, um, you guys got me beat by age. Right. I, I, I have no idea. I'm going on. I'm going on uh, knowledge, like useless trivia facts. Well, like I think he actually had a cougar with him, and then when he lost it, he had to drop <laughs> it from his name. I'm trying to figure this out really quick for us. When did John Mellon? According to Google, um, uh, oh, this is why when. Did John Cougar become Mellencamp? I don't know. This is this is going to take a lot of research to figure out. <laughs> All right, carry on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, The Legend of Drunken Master, according to Rotten, to- Rotten Tomatoes, is pretty well. It has eighty three percent on the certified critics meter and eighty eight percent from the audience score. The critics consensus is Jackie Chan sends up some amazing and, and entertaining fight sequences in The Legend of Drunken Master. Roger Ebert was not a fan of the, the raid, one or two, but he loved the shit of Drunken Master, especially The Legend of Drunken Master. He says it's quite simply amazing. It involves some of the most intricate, difficult, and joyfully executed action sequences I have ever seen. If you have any interest in seeing a Jackie Chan martial arts film, this is the one to see. So, Toby, what did you think? I thought it was uh, really good. I, I, uh, I wish they would have swapped the big... So the end fight scene is like a really badass fight scene, but it's like really 
rough and kind of gory. Like mm-hmm. uh, I wish they would have flopped it. So that comical fight scene was at the big climax. Remember the one early on where she's like, they're throwing the bottles to him and he's oh, chugging yeah. them. And <laughs> I kind of wish that was the climax, but um, it was great. I mean, th- this is like top notch choreography. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, among the best I've ever seen and just, you know, wonderfully performed. And then you just watched Drunken Master. What are the, some of the differences between Drunken Master and Drunken Master 2 do, that you can see? Well, the, the plot in Drunken Master is the 78 film is way simpler. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> this guy's going to come uh, with Thunderfoot's going to come and kill you. So you better fight him. <laughs> yeah. like, Such um, a great name. And then he died. You know, he, the movie ends like 10 seconds after Thunderfoot dies and it's like great you killed him movie over uh whereas this one there's you know some politic the the you know the 1994 film was politics and you know it took a little more brain power <laughs> but the choreography is wonderful in both and there were comical funny scenes in both and uh what was it his mother-in-law in the new in the 94 film that um she's great i mean i wish she would have been in more at the end you know oh anita uh, mui i think is her yeah. last name she is yeah she's pretty fantastic in it unfortunately she passed away very young at Mm. age 40 Mm. um but what's funny is that so during the filming of this uh of drunken master 2 so jackie chan's actually 40 years old when this is being made and he's supposed to be like this guy's son which is kind of funny but whatever um (laughs) the guy playing his dad was eight years older than him only he was 48 (laughs) and like anita uh, mui was like 31 or something. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. But I love their chemistry together. I thought they they worked really well together. All right, Steven, how about you? I, I love it. Um I think that uh this this day and age going back to watch the uh, the older one was uh man it was hard. Not going to lie. Um <laughs> going back I love I love um cuz like I'm a little younger so like I grew up with Jackie Chan as in like he was in like the animated series and then like rush hour one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, all of them. And, uh, I, I love, I loved going back and seeing him like in his prime. It was, it was really cool. Can we rate those abs? Like, dude, he was dude. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. They, they even like spat on those abs to get them <laughs> listening in the, <laughs> in, in, in the bar. God. Right. Right. Oh. Uh, no, I, I loved it. I, I loved, I loved, I loved it all. It was, it was great. Uh, there, yeah, the, the plot, it, uh, and it needed some work, <laughs> but, uh, you don't, you don't go to like a, a fighting movie for the plot. <laughs> I don't think anyone is like, you know, it was really good. So that, uh, you know, the rising action, the climax and the falling action is just so yeah. good. Well, in, in part of the, the plot, the, you know, the, the, that 78 film was just so slapstick. Like most of the plot or half the plot was him trying to like trick his master into thinking he was working and when he wasn't. You know? <laughs> That's, that really sings to a crimes right there. <laughs> and then, Stephen, did you want to talk a little bit about his stunt team? Oh, yeah. No. So Jackie, from when he started and then. Throughout his entire career, he's had uh, what's called the Jackie Chan stunt team or the uh, JC stunt team. And they're incredible because back then you don't have a lot of the uh, ability to have a lot of safe stunts where there's like ropes and, um, you know, trampolines or, or cushions and stuff like that. They'll just fall from like a building onto the ground. And like, that's it. That's the stunt. And uh, Jackie does a lot of his own stunts and it's one of those things that you really, really enjoy about his stuff, other than the fact that he's very funny. But his stunt team does a lot of the work. And there's a, a video that came out last year where he he is going through and he's getting this award 
And they just like completely surprise him by having his original stunt team that he hasn't seen in like 40 years come out and like jump in behind him. And it's it's man, it's it's rough watching old guys cry, especially Jackie Chan. I don't like watching him cry, but man, it was beautiful. And so that was really cool. He's got an ugly crying face, I imagine. I think I have cute as his smile is. (laughs) I try not to cry, but when I do, I just like hide in a bathroom because mine is way worse. Oh, it's worse because like, (laughs) see, like you guys, you guys have hair. So like you can kind of hide some of it with it's just like whatever. But like my whole face and head goes red. So because I'm bald. Yeah, I know. So it's like way worse. Speaking of uh, bathrooms, I have two sound clips from the 78 film that involve bathrooms. Here's the first one. Now, killing a nobody like you would only hurt my reputation. So then crawl through my legs. Then go clean up toilets or something. Here's the second one. I think, oh, this is the flashback. So he gets beat by Thunderleg in the first one. And this is now the flashback to that scene. (laughs) Killing a nobody like you are would only hurt my reputation. So then crawl through my legs. Then go clean up some toilet. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the differences in between the stunts and the fights in between the Drunken Master and Drunken Master 2. And I think you can definitely see how his stunt team is just so much more. I don't even know if he had the stunt team in the Drunken Master, but the choreography is so much better in uh, Legend and Drunken Master. They're just more professional. You know, uh, Jackie's younger in 78, so he's like, you know, he's not, he doesn't have 16 years of wear and tear on his body. So he's just like flip flopping all over this place. He's, he is a physical specimen, you know, out mm-hmm. there. But you can tell that he just has a, a better team that's working together on some of these really complex stunts. I, I kind of felt differently. So I felt like, um, you know, I agree that the, the 94 film, it, it seemed way more produced. Like the stunts felt way more produced. There were definitely scenes with ropes that were hidden and stuff. Yeah. But in the first one, I can only, there was only one scene I noticed where there might've been a rope. There had to be something, you know, pushing. He was like flat on his back and he stood up like, like <laughs> flat as a board. And it was awesome and funny. Um, where there were a number of those things in the, the new one where like, it was clear, like he got, you know, someone got punched and they flew way back. Uh, but I, so I, I really appreciate, it felt like there were more cuts. I didn't do like a scientific study, but it felt like the, the 78 film had way fewer cuts than the new one. And there was a point, uh, do you want to talk about that point you mentioned in, in the doc about how long it t- took to film that final scene? Ooh, we, this can be a teaser. We'll, let's talk about that a little bit later, but now let's talk about the years that this was put out. 1994, we were in high school I think we're sophomores at the time. Is that is that correct? Uh, sounds right. So sophomore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the year. This is the pivotal year when uh, Toby makes varsity basketball <laughs> as a sophomore. <laughs> Leaves all us behind in the uh, JV team. Yeah. And I think this is also the year where we practice for the basketball playoffs. And uh, our coach, our respected coach Dad, decided he's like, I'm going to be uh, on the scout team, which I was on. Toby was on the other team. Uh, our coach is like, I am going to be the star player for the other team. And he takes 50 shots a game. It's <laughs> just like... Uh, uh, it was miserable. He was always... Yeah, uh, yeah so the coach uh, would always... The whole, just for Steven's benefit here. Uh, our, our sophomore... So our, our varsity basketball coach would just have a scrimmage all the time. And he would 
be he would always pretend to be the best player on the other team so he would just heave him up all day <laughs> that was our baps- basketball practice That's, that sounds like a quality coach you had there yeah. high quality i'm and, trying to figure out how you're not pro yeah well and our team are uh, performed in line with that practice technique <laughs> i'm surprised there wasn't a movie made about him like coach carter or something just like coach <laughs> You know, like he's just like I just scored fifty against my team, like, <laughs> rubbing it in. Yeah. Oh, oh we suck. <laughs> Steven, where were you in 1994? I was four. You're old. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so maybe so, not practicing. So probably at home. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever four-year-olds do. Not much. Let There's me tell some, you. Uh, some uh, TV shows that were out in two- 1994 for Steven. Um, there was uh, The Magic School Bus. Did you ever watch that? I love The Magic School Bus. I also, the new one came out uh, on Netflix. Also oh, good. yeah. Yeah. Also it's very like, good. Yeah. Also good. Agreed. Uh, there was a Mega Man cartoon that came out. Busy World of Richard Scary. First of three years. It's going to be a new for me. Yeah, um, just looking through the list here for any other good ones. Um, that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was, that was only, the, only the three. Yeah, those are the three three shows that, that were good. Now, the thing that I remember is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first movie I ever saw was, was The Lion King. Oh. That was released in 1994. Yep, great movie. A lot of other sure. stuff happened in 94. Let's get into some of the top headlines. Serbs, heavy weapons, pound Sarajevo. Thousands that are dead in the Rwanda massacre. South Africa holds its first interracial national election. Nelson Mandela elected president. O.J. Simpson is arrested for killing his wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and and her friend, Ronald Goldman. Olympic figure skater Nancy Kerrigan attacked, and three three arrested in the attack. Top song for the year is A Whole New World, theme from Aladdin. And also happened in 1994, Kurt Cobain kills himself. He was just 27. And then go ahead, Stephen. You added something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The World Cup. I know it's not big in America, but uh, I I grew up watching watching well soccer, uh, as Americans call it. But uh, yeah, the World Cup was actually held in the United States, which is uh, I I believe the first time uh, was in '94, and uh, Brazil won. So to date, they've won five. Uh, back then, it was <laughs> it was Al- Vice President Al Gore that presented the the cup to the winning team. So that was, uh, it's weird saying vice president Al Gore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cause you were four years old. I think it's still weird. <laughs> I mean, knowing, knowing what he's done since then, it's just like, uh, it feels weird. And I remember the world cup because I actually went to a couple of the games, at least one game in Chicago at soldier field. Wow. And it was a lot of fun. It was like a Romania versus somebody else game. It wasn't like one of the top games. I remember what? watching it on TV. Um, was it Tony Matola? Who was the goalie? Yeah, Matola, the guy with the mullet. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. Oh, Tony guy. Miola. Miola, yeah. And I so uh, mullets. Oh, yes, and that was a great team too. I would also not that I like to plug other podcasts, but uh, for this, I would uh, Roger Bennett, who does Men in Blazers, put out a really fascinating podcast about. It's about the next World Cup team with a bunch of these guys from it. it. And it is, oh my God, I can't remember it, but you should look it up because it is, I think it's called American Fiasco. And it's an amazing kind of just like podcast series about how the entire US team, like 
kind of t- took off off this World Cup, and then they they just like totally flamed out. So mm. yeah, yeah. They, they, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Oh, sorry. I uh, man, my um, my view of the American like, soccer team, like I know all of this. Um, I, I'm really big on soccer, and uh, so my my view on the soccer team in America is not good it stems back to like, even like Landon Donovan, who's more recent than more, more Americans do know. He said something in like a world cup that he said, uh, our, our goal needs to be to reach, uh, the round of 16. I'm like, no, you idiot. Your goal is to win the world cup. That is the goal not to get out of like the group stage. And that was the thing back in, in the nineties as well. They they had, uh, like the quote, the dream team, for American soccer, they had such great players. I mean, Alexi Lawless is is one of the greatest defenders of all time. You could you just picture his ginger red hair and oh, yeah, like remember him. Every, he's amazing. And um, but again, it, it goes back to they didn't have they don't have like the mentality to go in and win. And so you 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 said like they had this like super super fast rise, and then immediately after that they just leveled off and then plummeted straight back down. And it's uh, it's really sad. Uh, when you look back and think on it, because, you know, what could have been? Could have been great. I'm still a fan of the U.S. national uh, men's national team, for better or for worse. But let's get into our own game. Let's get into our own game, Toby. Are you ready to play some hashtag in or hashtag out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This is $25,000 pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's for our first game. This has to do with Friends of the Year 2000. I found this on infoplease.com. Toby and Steven, it is up to you to say if you are hashtag in or hashtag out. All right. Are you guys ready? Yep. And I have some audio clips to play in the midst, which I made some show notes, Bob. So you'll yes, see. Yes, I know. Those. I saw that. So. All right. God, I can't wait. Okay. I didn't even read these. So okay. I'm excited. Okay. First one. Let's start off with Toby. Reality TV. The new television television genre plummeted to its lowest point with Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire? Fox presents the most outrageous pageant ever. 50 women will compete to marry a mystery multimillionaire. She won't meet him till they say, I do. A two-hour event ending in a legal marriage on TV. Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire? Tuesday at 8 on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> That's real? That's yeah. real. It was big. It was a big thing. It sounds yeah. like something you'd see on The Simpsons. It, it, yeah, and it ended up being like a total. So the, it was a huge ratings success, but like the man ended up like being a you know a, just a horrible abuser, and like it was not did not end pretty. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So with all that, but they went to its highest point with Survivor that year in two thousand. Mm-hmm. So whether it was people eating rats or marrying them. Millions of Americans <laughs> tuned in to find out what was going to happen next. Toby, were you hashtag in or hashtag out? Uh, I watched Joe Millionaire, which was an amazing <laughs> oh, that's show. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so Joe Millionaire, I loved. Uh, the rest of this is pure shit. <laughs> the whole genre. Steven, now it's now it's your now it's your time. Hashtag in or hashtag out. MP3s. 2000 oh, wait was, bob before we get there yeah I, I think like you and steven need to weigh in on whether i'm right or wrong on my assessment here well so. <laughs> it depends on how you're looking at stuff i think i think if you are like a reasonable human being you don't of course be hashtag out but if mm-hmm. you're not reasonable and you want to benefit from 
like riding off their waves or whatever, you know, like drafting off them, then I'm hashtag in. And as someone who has been podcasting about Love is Blind, I'm hashtag in all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I don't care what it takes. I I will watch whatever it takes. Actually, I I could barely get through the last half of that. It's like 10 episodes, and they say the same exact thing, like through eight of them. Yeah, and I was just like, at the end, I'm just like fast forwarding through the whole thing. <laughs> All right, Stephen, what do you think? Oh man, I've never been a fan of reality TV because it's it's like quote reality, but it's all scripted. Nothing of that is like reality. It's all scripted. It's it's like eh. if you're gonna do reality, man, I want to I want to I want to see somebody filming at Lowe's while an employee goes to the bathroom for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like, that's that's the reality TV that I want. I don't want this. Like, I don't think fake. you want. I don't think you really want that at all. Uh, <laughs> like, think, and then 1994 see. Bob has just sent over a message, and he says, "What is reality, really, man?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you mailed me a letter that year when you yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into the next one. Hashtag in or hashtag out. MP3s. Yeah, 2000 was the year that was the year that digital music broke. Personal computers became personal jukeboxes, and music sharing networks like Napster and Nutella became the best place to hang out and hear music. Go ahead and play your PSA. Sure. Flat boy. What the hell do you think you're doing, man? Holy crap! Do you know who you are? You're freaking logs on to Metallica. I love everything you do. Except for that bad show you hosted. You know what? Maybe I wouldn't have to whore myself out if you f-ing kids didn't steal my music. <laughs> Whoa. We're not stealing, okay? We're just sharing with each other, you know? So it's like if I take this soda can right here, take a sip out of it. Oh, my God. I'm sharing my soda with Lars Ulrich. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm just sharing 10 years of groupies with you, frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to like this whole sharing thing. Hey, boys! Hey, Bobby! This crazy Brody just stole my car! Not the pinto! Napster. Sharing's only fun when it's not your stuff. <laughs> I was thinking this, this PSA was just horrible, and, um... Oh it my had God. the same effect as those like anti drugs. Just say no PSAs. <laughs> oh yeah, people just download it even harder. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so two things. One, he was mad that someone stole his Pinto. It's like the worst car ever made. Yeah, but uh, if you're poor, if you if you drive a Pinto, you treasure it. It explodes. That's what happens <laughs> if you drive a Pinto. Right. It explodes. But also, <laughs> are, is this confirming that Lars has? like stds is that was that the message 10 years of groupies yeah yeah yeah. here here i have all the stds i caught them all here i have them <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like yeah that's it's what like, he was uh, saying all right cool 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 He's so like, i have know, all the stds so uh thanks for sharing my pop with me <laughs> now right. you have all the stds yeah <laughs> gross okay and so <laughs> hashtag in hashtag out steven steven oh in 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 Oh man, I abused the ever loving. Oh man, I abused LimeWire more than I should have ever. Yeah. LimeWire was like a, our our online version where you could rip torrents and MP3s and everything. Like my entire okay. So for one, I didn't have an iPod. I had a Zune, which was mm. uh, like a knockoff iPod, and that entire thing was filled with uh, 
not exactly legally purchased things. So yeah, no, hands down in all the way. How about you, Toby? I'm in. Uh, you know, I think like uh, I think we talked about this in an episode or two ago, but um, I think like the whole file sharing thing, it, it makes, you know, multimillionaires have slightly less multimillions. And, uh, you know, it's really about, you know, like, like I, I don't I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the way that uh, the way that like this money gets paid out in music in particular is really strange and weird you know and i say that as somebody who's has music and has been paid out <laughs> like you know not very much yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> i get a ten dollar check every 10 years or so right exactly yeah i think overall i'm hashtagging and you know like i might not really do that much anymore but it's made me more conscious conscientious about uh supporting like smaller acts or people that i really believe in you know, so I mean, you know, whether it's buying a shirt or doing something else, like mm-hmm. I'm more willing to do that for like more independent acts, you know, mm-hmm. so. All right, so let's get into the plot of this movie that we're supposed to be talking about. The plot of The Legend of Drunken Master. A young martial artist is caught between respecting his pacifist father's wishes or stopping a group of disrespectful foreigners from stealing precious artifacts. So we've just gotten done watching the raid, whose action style is a little bit more realistic, as I guess you could say. How would you describe the style to someone who's not familiar with the Hong Kong movies like of Jackie Chan? So I think like... Um... <clears throat> You watch you watch for the raid. You you watch the raid and stuff in that genre to like see people get the crap beat out of them and see them die in magnificent ways. <laughs> um, you watch Jackie Chan movies to see this uh, a different type of artwork and filmmaking that's more about like how uh, how 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 fantastically the human body can bend and like using the strength of one's core muscles like bend and flip and twist and and jab and and they're both you know the raid i feel like is more about the filmmaking whereas the the jackie chan movies are more about the the kung fu Mm -hmm. and so what's interesting about jackie chan so he he uh he was schooled in a very specific type of style so basically his family moved to australia when he was a little kid his his dad was a cook Young Jackie was there as well. And then around when he was seven, they're just like, you're not really paying attention in school. So his father sent him back to Hong Kong to attend the rigorous China Drama Academy, which is one of the Peking opera schools. So he excelled at acrobats, singing and martial arts, and eventually became a member of the Seven Little Fortunes performing, which which was like kind of the all-star performing troupe and began lifelong friendships with fellow martial artists and actors. Uh, one is Samuel Hung. I don't know if you guys have seen him around. He's very similar. Has a lot of. He's also in a lot of comedies as well. And also, uh, uh, Biao Yin is also another one. They were all three in a movie that is called Meals Meals on Wheels, which is an early '80s film, what, which was pretty amazing as well. Some fantastic scenes, especially with Benny the Jet against Jackie Chan, which are some of the best kind of kung fu scenes that were ever made. And so they were all taught by this guy Yu Jim Yun who was a strict disciplinarian who regularly caned his students if they deviated from a rigorous regimen of acrobatics, dance, kung fu, and singing lessons. And so that's wow. pretty crazy. And so he was sent there when he was seven, and which is crazy. And I was thinking about that. I was looking at my daughter, and she's like six. And I'm just oh like, my God. Like, like, how old are you? 
like hell's uh your oldest like I mean, eight. lucy's eight yeah, yeah. Nancy's six so uh, can you I think mean, of like be like lucy like i'm sorry you're kind of fucking up here like oh no, it's you're messed going. up man <laughs> i mean it's I, I can't even imagine like it's just a different reality and so jackie chan was basically taught from seven he i guess he you know he, uh, I don't know if he has a degree at all. <laughs> I don't think they took, they took he didn't graduate. <laughs> yeah, uh, he didn't graduate, but they did cane him until he could do a, a <laughs> split. I think so. Which well, is- and, and one of the moves he does a number of times in both movies uh, is like this headlong spinning like attack. Where, like mm-hmm. he turns himself into like a human missile and like spins and attacks with his head. It's fantastic. <laughs> and so speaking about attacks, Steven, what's the most impressive fight scene from the movie? Oh man. Okay, so uh my favorite was from the first one, uh to be to be perfectly honest. There's like this fight scene in like throughout both movies, you see the like the scenery change. Like there's there's outdoor fights and then there's indoor fights. And I think the indoor fights are more impressive. Uh, there's one in the first one where he's he's fighting this dude named Gorilla, which is just the most comical character <laughs> in the entire series. He like flexes his like pecs over and over again in time with the music that, you know, he's a character he shouldn't be able to hear. But it's not it's not important. Don't think too much about it. But doing that in like that confined space was more impressive to me than like an outdoor space where you can move around. You don't have to worry about hitting a ceiling or chairs or walls. Uh, so I thought that was the most impressive one. It was great. And here's a quick clip just prior to the fight with Gorilla in the restaurant when he's um, lies to the, the waiter about who he is and he's trying to get this old man to pay. I'll tell you, he's the owner here. I'm his son. You must be a bastard then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was good. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Toby, did you what was your favorite scene? I actually I loved that that in uh the 94 film when when that scene i mentioned earlier where he the first where he's drinking the first time oh, yeah. and the the mother-in-law's throwing him the alcohol and what <laughs> i love so much about that um and he, he does this a number of times in the other movie too where like like the artistry is like in holding the liquor while fighting and he's like pushing the liquor around the guy and he's like punching and switching hands and i just i thought it was fantastic like just the the artistry of just figuring all that that choreography out yeah like he just like smashes the top of the bottles and just pours all over his face right you know (laughs) and there's that one scene where he was drinking like he was basically like laying back on a guy's back and the guy comes out and he just stays there that was just like like yeah the guy was like lay like because he punched him out or whatever then he falls down with the bottle and he's drinking it oh and he's laying on the guy oh and then the guy stands up like on all fours and he lifts jackie chan back up yeah (laughs) but what we learned is that you have to drink the just the the right amount you have to be the right (laughs) drunk you know which i totally agree with because i remember there's been times where i've been very excellent at playing either darts or pool but it's only after like a certain amount of drink (laughs) drinks and then i would drink too much and all of a sudden i would suck but you know there'd be did you perform at that uh new year's party where i got too drunk to play and i got kicked boot off the stage were you at that one (laughs) (laughs) maybe it would have been i think it might have been 2000 actually um and it was really embarrassing it was a stain on my career because uh i just i physically could not perform it was the only time in my life (laughs) (laughs) you could never show your face around central illinois ever again (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
All right. So, Stephen, where do you rank Jackie Chan amongst action stars in our lifetime? Uh, I, I ranked him at the top, at least near the top. Uh, I think it's really easy to forget that uh, breaking out in Hollywood, especially as an actor, um, but as a non-white, non-American actor, is really freaking hard. And so to to see him continue to do this and uh, do it well, uh, when you have so many of the top actors, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steven Seagal, uh, John Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Vin Diesel, the list goes on and on and on and on. But they're all white dudes, whereas Jackie Chan comes in and uh, just just breaks out over and over again. And then shortly after the 2000 release, what came what came out? Rush Hour, which is, you know, incredible. Um, and then, it, you know, he, I would argue he paved the way for for many, many, many other top uh, Asians to come and, and work in America and, and do their thing. So, oh, yeah, I, for I, sure. I rank him some near the top just for just for what he did and continues to do. And then. Yeah, because without Jackie Chan, there's not like Jet Li or Dottie Yen or Chow Yun Fat, all those all those actors that came behind that really kind of uh, benefited from Jackie Chan, you know, kind of breaking the glass ceiling. And I, I mean, not even that. I mean, you have uh, also uh, like Dante Bosco, who's Filipino, who came in and was in Hook, mm-hmm. which is, again, like a phenomenal movie. But he's not white and he was an action star. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think that list that you that you named, I would say. So you had Tom Cruise, Arnold, Steven Seagal, John Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Vin Diesel. You could probably put Sylvester Stallone. He has to be in the top tier, Jackie Chan. Like you can't help. I mean, he's way above like uh, Steven Seagal, even though Steven Seagal had magnificent greasy hair, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but Jackie Chan was not only just a martial artist. You know, he was also just this comedic ac- actor that just made everything just so much more fun. So what do you think, Toby? Where do you rank him? Uh, I would. I went and did a little bit of research, and uh, I was found this like interesting thing. So Tom Cruise, you know, made Stevens top of the list there, or, you know, among the top. But uh, he's Steven. Uh, so Tom Cruise has made uh, about eight point seven billion worldwide as a leading actor or supporting actor. So, uh, but Jackie Chan, by comparison, has made four point seven billion. Which I looked at that, and I was like, I think like that alone, you know, being you know, a minority star in America and all that, like that's worth more than 8.7 billion to be, you know, so just those numbers alone say a lot about just how his position there, you know, he's right up there for sure. And they've both made about the same amount of movies. I think Jackie's made a few more than Tom Cruise. Steven, who's your favorite supporting character of the movie? I I loved how uh, ridiculous. I mean, Jackie Chan is amazing, but his dad, uh, I I like, again, man, I, I watched both of them. I did. And uh, mm-hmm. like the, I think the first one has like some level of charm. I, maybe that's might not be the wrong word or right word, but like I know I know Toby was he was talking about it, and we have all these great sound clips. And I think there's something there's something about the first movie. His dad is so ridiculous, but not only his dad, like the villains are also ridiculous. It's really hard to choose like who's my favorite because like you can you can so obviously <laughs> tell it's like it's like the greasers in. Uh, you know, in, in Kang movies, they're just like so obviously, but like in the drunken master, you have the guys are like, they have their shirts open and they're all unbuttoned. And then you like flash over to the good guys and they have buttoned up shirts and they're not showing their white t-shirts underneath. It's like, all right, guys, we get it. We know who the bad guys are, but thanks for like laying it out there for us. Uh, And if there was any question, here's a clip from uh, one of the bad guys says this. I think this was Thunderfoot saying it to Jackie Chan. From your Kung Fu. 
Your dad is useless, and I wouldn't hire him to wipe my ass. <laughs> See, that's it's a bad guy. It's so good. <laughs> the trash talk, it's just top notch. Uh, how, how about you, Toby? Who's your I favorite? I was thinking um, in the, the 78 film, there's fat kung fu brother. I don't know his name, but he's like this fat guy that they make a... And I know it's uh, very slapstick again, like, but it was just like really good. And I'm sure in the in the in its era, it played even better across audiences. <laughs> but, but I thought I found it to be funny, like, you know. All right, so hang me. I guess I, I made a fat joke, but or I I liked the fat <laughs> joke in the movie. Let's get into some trivia time. Jackie Chan uh, says that the the final seven minute fight at the end of The Legend of Drunken Master took nearly four months to shoot. So he indicated that one day's filming typically produces three seconds of usable usable film, which is pretty crazy. It's insane. You think about that? He actually fell back into into the coals twice. Uh, the first time he thought he didn't do it quite well enough, and then he did it again. Because he's Jackie Chan. Dedication. Uh, and that was in the outtakes, yeah. too. I don't know if, if did you both yeah. see that. Yeah, the outtakes for Jackie Chan movies are always worth watching. It's just like him doing something and then him going to the hospital pretty <laughs> exactly. much. You know, like again and again. <laughs> you know? So like, uh, and this one, this one, there was a lot of fire in this second movie. And uh, uh, and so a lot of the outtakes were them spraying him with fire retardant. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's uh, that's how they all are that's just so funny it's just him falling and then the next steps like him on a stretcher and they're just like well no wonder it takes six six months he's always getting hurt the, so the drunken boxing style does exist in real life it does originate from china in chinese it is called zuquan sometimes zui i can't i can't pronounce it well who am i kidding uh but unlike the movie it is dangerous to perform the art while drunk because serious injuries can occur so just uh just a warning out there, Toby. Don't fight while drunk is the lesson. Yeah. In both the movies, Jackie Chan is portraying Wong Fei Hung, who was a Chinese martial artist, physician, and folk hero. He lived until April 1925, and he has become the subject of numerous martial arts films and television series, including the Once Upon a Time in China series with Jet Li. And funnily enough, Jet Li is not as funny as Jackie Chan, and his Wong Fei Hung is a little bit more straight-laced and less drunken. So, oh, well, I totally believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the best things I love about the style of uh, Kung Fu movies are the names, right? You ha- every, everything has a name. Everything, every style has like, this is Tiger style. This is Dragon Ball, blah, blah. And so in Drunken Boxing, they have some, they have some of those as well. They have Down the Hatch. They have the, they have like the, the flute player yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So if there was a drunk, so here's my question. If there was a drunken boxing move named after one of your drunk escapades, <laughs> what would it be? Like, would it be call her too much? <laughs> it would be, uh, for me, it, I have a clear answer, Bob. It's called what? who's the Olympic champion. <laughs> I need some backstory and I need it now. Yeah. So back, uh, you might not remember 1994 because you were uh, four years old. Um, however, there was a woman named, or a girl named Carrie Strug who won the, the vaulting championship <laughs> and, uh, she won it with like a, uh, vault, a broken leg or something, you know? Um, and she was like, um, she was a celebrity because of that, but 
Um, she did like at the end, she did the, the, when you finish the vault, you do this silly, like put your hands in the air and make like a V with your hands. And at one point and probably around 1994, uh, I don't, Bob, I thought you were there, but maybe not. We were in my old barn and, uh, we were drinking some strawberry schnapps and, uh, uh, I started saying uh, something along the lines of like, who's the Olympic champion? And I would do the Carrie Strug. But it's, it's a sweet martial <laughs> wait, arts wait, pose. Wait, was that the girl that broke her ankle? Yeah. And yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she did a, she did a pawn. She was doing, she did the vault off the pommel horse. Yeah. 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 yeah so Toby took a moment of, of bravery and perseverance <laughs> and he totally mocked it in a barn in Northern Illinois with strawberry with some stolen schnapps. But you gotta you know? admit it'd be a sweet Kung Fu move. Nothing <laughs> is more manly than making fun of a girl while you're drinking schnapps. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, Steven, what's your, what's your move? Uh, probably the sleepy drunk. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Uh, yeah. You just like sleep yep. and he doesn't realize what you're doing. And like, I don't know. Look, nobody nobody expects it. I just lay down. And they're like, ah, oh, is he asleep? <laughs> no, I'm not asleep. And then I just, <laughs> and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> See, it's very sneaky. Uh, what about you, Bob? You have a rich history of drunken escapades. Oh, I know. I know. So luckily I blacked out during most of those. <laughs> so, I mean, just like. Thank the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. I would Maybe it'd be like, it would be like, uh, it'd be like close talker. Like I just like, <laughs> I sling my like arm over their, their head and I just like start uh, talking to them. And I, at the same time, I'm like, like squeezing their head. And they're like, oh, I'm just like, oh, I love you so much. You're such my good friend. And it's like, that's, that's oh, how no, I do no, that. you appear like, it tickles. I don't like it. It's so scratchy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You go from down to hatch. Oh, time to close talk. Oh, <laughs> now it's to you're my best friend, bro. Like, yeah, I got to have a whole bunch of them. Uh, All right. Let's kind of start uh, wrapping up a little bit. I was looking and the legend of drunken master made a couple top lists. Do you guys agree that this is Jackie Chan's finest moment in film? What do you guys think? Toby? Uh, I mean, they're great. I, I haven't seen a lot of his moments clearly, but um, uh, they are great movies. How about you, Steven? Nah. As far as like m- my favorite Jackie Chan moments, this isn't one of them. It's up there, but this isn't my favorite. So are you more of like police story, super cop, Jackie yeah. Chan, or Rumble in the Bronx? More like modern, Bronx? modern Jackie Chan. Yeah, all of the old stuff. Though, uh, though, man, that body is top notch. Uh, other than that, yeah, no, this is is good though. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm more of a modern guy. Well, uh, you need Owen Wilson there for Samurai. Wow. Uh, wow. Right? Isn't that like Samurai sh- Showdown, Sunset, or something like that? <laughs> well, we <laughs> definitely need Owen Wilson, whatever the. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So the BFI, which is the British Film Institute, put out its top 10 top action movies of all times. All time. So, number one, or this is not in any uh, ranked order. But uh, I thought it was actually a really good list if you think about it. So they had The General, which is Buster Keaton from 1927, which is, honestly, I've never seen it. Have you guys seen that? Uh, Nope. It's famous. I think I might have told women that I've seen it when I was drunk, you know? (laughs) I've seen um, other Buster Keaton films that are fantastic. Um, So uh, not this one. What was the one? There was a uh, Charlie Chaplin one that was similarly was it called The Dictator? It was probably oh, yeah. right around the same time. Great movie. You know? So I think they're referencing the general as kind of the basis of a lot of one person versus an army stories. Uh, number two is a French film uh, called Wages of Fear, which I haven't seen, but I looked into it. And it looks fascinating. It's about they send four people out with a whole bunch of nitroglycerin to cap this oil rig explosion. 
and all sorts of stuff happens. And it's a 50s French movie. So I might have to actually check check that out. Now we're getting to movies that we probably do know. Uh, Seven Samurai, which is, uh, without a doubt, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was kind of pleasantly surprised that they put it in. I love Raiders, mm-hmm. for sure. Aliens. I have a problem um, with this on the list. Aliens? The really? Why? It's not, okay, is, is it an action movie? I don't consider Aliens an action movie. If we're going by genre, it's not an action movie. It's more what, like thriller, horror? Yeah, well, Alien was know, a horror movie, action. but Alien was more about the guns. I, I could yeah, the, see the, the way, way they marketed point, it, though. But, uh, yeah, the way they marketed it wasn't yeah. action. It wasn't like, ah, oh, punching stuff. It was like, oh, my God, there's something on the ship. Please kill it. Everybody's dying, mm-hmm. and it, like, bursts out of somebody's stomach. Like, that's that's not action. Action's more, you know, anything well, else. That's the first Alien. This is Aliens where they, they came in with the uh, Space Marines, and they set up the tripod <laughs> machine guns, and we're killing just tons of aliens. Oh, I see. I see you know, and definitely an action movie. <laughs> yeah. Love Sigourney Weaver, though. Love yeah, her. Yeah. Come on the pod, Sigourney. <laughs> All right. Die Hard, of course. Yeah, great one. John McClane. Hard Boiled, which is another Hong Kong epic with Chow Young Fat which is pretty amazing. Have you ever seen that, Toby? I have not. Oh, that'd probably be worth watching. Mm-hmm. This is where, if you ever seen people just like release doves and stuff <laughs> like that in movies, this is kind of what they're referencing. Oh, really? It's John, John Woo stuff. <laughs> the Bourne Supremacy. I love the Bourne movie, so this is definitely uh, mm-hmm. probably the best one. Mad Max Fury Road. I, I absolutely love that movie as well. And then they included The Legend of Drunken Master as... Jackie Chan's contribution to this list. So pretty obviously, since I'm kind of gushing over it, I'm a big fan of the British of this BFI top action mm-hmm. movies list. I'm, I'm impressed that they have like these, you know, pop hits mixed in with movies we've never heard of. Like it's kind of a neat. Yeah. <laughs> no, neat. And aliens, especially, aliens yeah. are just like a murder everyone movie, you know, with biggest no. gun wins. Like, Oh, I know, but it's so good. It's so good. It's such a good movie. All right. Open agenda, new questions. What you guys got? Steven, you got something for us? Yeah, so uh, again, a little younger here. Uh, I played a ton, a ton of Mortal Kombat. And so uh, Mortal Kombat Deception, when it came out, there was a drunken character uh, named Bo Raicho. And he's, his whole fighting style is based on like the drunken fist and stuff like that. He's like, I got this move where he like throws up on the floor and like the other character like <laughs> slips all over it. And then you can just like punch <laughs> him in the face. It's fantastic. So while I was watching this, I was like, yeah, all right. I get it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I don't think I, I played that. I definitely played the first one a whole bunch, right. but Bo Raichori wasn't over there. There's Scorpion, though, with get over here. Get over here. Yeah. And Kano <laughs> or tears out the beating yeah. heart. Or Kano. I forget. Anyway, who cares? No, no, no. You got it. You got it. You got <laughs> it. Kano. You got it. Cool, cool, cool. All right. You got it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Uh, Toby, I, anything? I, did, you, did you notice the uh, the Keanu Reeves uh, Neo move? It was towards the end, I think, of the 94 film uh, where he kicks. The, it was the bad guy who kicks, sticks his leg up in the air and holds it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Neo does that at one point. And I was like, that's the Neo move. But like, obviously, I forget what I think. I think this one came out first, so Neo clearly stole that move. But, <laughs> right. but oh, so here's an interesting bit of trivia: is that uh, that guy Ken Lo is actually was actually Jackie Chan's personal bodyguard, and so he was cast in the movie because originally they were going to have uh, the guy he was named Henry in there. He was like it was uh, Ho Sung Pak, so he was supposed to be the the main bad guy to begin with, but 
he was having a lot of ankle problems. And he kept on getting hurt, and so they pulled Ken Lowe, who became the bad guy, and they trained him to do all that stuff to be the final bad guy with his like little kind of whip- whipping leg or something. And so, uh-huh. and so, yeah. 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 So, Is that the name but, of the move? Please, please tell me that's the name of the move. The whip leg. <laughs> it has to be. I like, hope but, to God it is. You know what? From now on, it's it's been retconned. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> One thing I, I liked about the the leg, the whipping leg, was in the yeah. the seventy eight movie. There was the guy. Uh, you know, Thunderleg did a thing with his hand that was really like similar. Call <laughs> <laughs> back to that. Now it's time for us to rate. Steven, I don't know if you know or not, but we are rating every movie that we've seen on the list. So this is I love uh, it. Yeah, so the criteria kind of kind of changes constantly. So I I don't know what it really means like if if we think this is the best or just what we kind of All feel right. like in the moment or what we want to rewatch again. All right, I'm looking at y'all's both lists. Yeah. Oh man, so controversial. So what kind of nits do you have to pick with Toby's, not with mine? <laughs> <laughs> all right let's see all right let's see lots lots of myths yeah. to pick oh man you've got mail at 13 i won't let that stand i refuse oh, right. uh i know i mean i mean i know it probably hasn't aged very well i don't watch it anymore but <laughs> man uh bridget jones diary yes yeah, that's a good one bowfinger yeah at, the, at number one yeah, yeah yeah if if that was anywhere else i'd i'd end this call right now uh i yeah yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna i like toby i, I like those two places I definitely think Drunken Master, the first one, is better than the sequel. Um, for, you know, this just goes back to saying that this is one of those cases where the sequel is worse. Um, yeah, I think I think I could be okay with this. A little, man, Clueless. It's a great movie. <sighs> Number six. <laughs> I don't know. Granted, I haven't seen Always Be My Baby, so I can't uh, I can't weigh in on that. But I think I think both lists are, are have flaws. Both lists have things right. I have not seen all of these movies, so I can't weigh in. I think uh, if I was to give it like a rating out of, I'm going to go out of five because going out of tens gets too complicated. I think the first one is probably, I don't know, like when it goes, when you go to like watching it now versus the time that it came out in, it's really hard to kind of say like, oh man, Avengers Endgame, dude, top notch. And then you watch this and it's like, oh, not top notch. Um. So it's a product of its time. And so for that, you have to kind of give it the benefit of the doubt. And so I think Drunken Master, if I was to rate it back then, it's probably like probably like a three, maybe maybe three and a half. And then uh, the sequel is probably a solid three, maybe a 2.8. All right. So, Toby, what, where do you have it? I have a, uh, I have the 78 film I jumped, ranked number three, which uh, I Whoa. loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I would watch it again. My daughter watched it with me a bit. Did she? She laughed. Like, uh, there was a part uh. where he farts on the guy. You know, he's fighting him, <laughs> and he literally farts on him. Um, and, and here's a sound clip for that. <laughs> a fart for the stick king. <laughs> the stick king he farts on the stick king uh, oh my god it was great i mean i i loved it my daughter loved it she's eight years old so number three for me and then i put legend i i just i think maybe uh if i i, I don't know i like the legend of drunken master it seemed like more current using current more current technologies and it was less uh, uh it didn't spark as much joy as that other one and so i have that further down the list so you use that um uh marie kondo or whatever. What's that? What's yeah, that? that's it. Yeah, <laughs> just using it her as as the as the guidepost. What's sparking joy? Okay, 
That's fine. I think that's great. Um, I have I have Legend and Drunken Master right below Raid Redemption, Raid Redemption at one, two, three, four, number five on the list. It's tough, but I, I don't know. I, I like the Raid Redemption better. I gotta st- stick with uh, Ikko and uh, Yayan. I just I don't know for whatever reason right now. I, but I still love Legend and Drunken Master, and, I, and it was on Netflix for a long time, and I thought it was still on when I assigned it but it wasn't but i spent a long time just kind of re-watching some of my favorite fight scenes because they're so good especially the one which you're talking about with when he first starts drinking mm-hmm. and that's pretty good yeah. you know and uh i didn't rate the 78 drunken master i didn't watch the whole thing but i would probably put that below legend drunken master because i like toilet humor plays really well in the crimes household, <laughs> but sure here does. in the Serrano, in the Casa de Serrano, we're a little bit more highbrow. Uh, it's, we're just true. Like, it's true. So it's true. Like, what's the what's the meaning behind the fart? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh man! Oh well, that was a good time, Stephen. Thank you so much for being on. I think you're going to be back on in a couple of weeks with Major League. Yes, sir. And arguably, much much better movie than uh, either of these two. Hmm, I don't know. I, and by arguably, I mean you. Do, there's no argument. Major League. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see where Toby puts it. We will see. Higher. Or I guess me too. Yeah. Higher. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Next week, we have Ip Man, and that will round out our martial arts month. Thank you for listening to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. The Aging Hipster Rewatch is produced and written by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines, edited by Bob Serrano. Theme song written by Ryan Reed. If you like this show, Please share with a friend. We appreciate it. Join us back next week when we're tackling it, man. And with that, have a good day. The Aging Hipster Rewatch, where movies are so much more than entertainment.